0: In today's episode, I want to hit home just how important it is that you are fast on a simulator. Hello, this is Enzo. Welcome to another episode of the Race Driver Coach Show where we're going to talk about simulators. Not only just how it's an amazing tool to help you perform better, but how also you must be quick. You must be quick if you want a career in real life or in the virtual world, of course. Now, simulators have come a long way. You could do it on an Xbox or a PlayStation before on your Joypad. So it's go, stop, turn with the D button, wherever it's called, um, on Forza and Gran Turismo, things like that which is great, you know, it's, it's good fun, but that's not really simulation. When we're talking about simulation, we're talking about the R factors, the Assetos, where they can be modified to be, get very uh, realistic, and iRacing, which is also realistic. Now, these simulation software companies even scan the tracks, they laser scan the tracks to make sure they're right. They get the models down very cleverly and accurately, and this has now created an industry where they're all competing to be the most precise and to offer the gamers or the race drivers the best simulation software possible. And that has made it a fierce battle that has allowed us to use it better. So as they're fighting to come out with the next product, us in the industry are using them products to train drivers. Or yourself, you can be at home and you're training yourself to become a better driver. Now, a lot of people will say, "ends it's a computer game. At the end of the day, it's software. How is that supposed to make a driver compete better or perform better in real life? And it's a valid point because when you get in a race car, it's a very different thing. You have the fear factor and the and the g force and everything else, and you need to be able to dance with a car for real, is completely different to when you're doing it on a computer screen screen. So I hear that, I totally get it. But what I've noticed, because I was a cynic to start with, believe me, what I've noticed is that. When you train certain things on a simulator, it helps them perform better on a race weekend. I see it firsthand. With a brand new breed of drivers we've got, like the ones that are under 25, really, because they've come from simulation before they got in a car, you put them in a car and they're pretty good straight away. Because they've raced that circuit and tested that particular circuit on a simulator, they get to the track, and by lap four, they're already pretty much at their best. They're just chipping away at the tiny bits where in my day, I remember you got to a track and it took forever to learn the damn thing properly. However, the kids now, shall I say the kids now? The drivers now using simulators are just on the pace straight away. They can be lap two when they're already going for it. So I know that simulators are working. That's on the technical side, right? The knowledge side, getting used to where the track's go in, and a little bit of technique because if the simulator's good, you can actually practice the brake shapes and everything like that. It's got to be a good one because obviously the pedals are different. But what's really important for me is the mental side. There's certain things that a race driver needs to have mentally. They've got the way they're coded, the way they see the world and the way they operate is different to someone who maybe is in a different sport or is different to somebody who's like an accountant. It has to be, your mind as a driver has to be modified to serve you best as a race driver. There's things like operating at your best whilst under pressure in a dangerous situation when you're controlling the car with other cars around you. Certain circuits are very dangerous And if you, or you have a crash and then it costs you too much money. So you've always got consequence attached, heavy consequence as well, attached to your actions and decisions in the car. Now that is a sort of situation where you would not like your driver to only improve themselves at the track. It's a very expensive way of doing it. If you can take one or two or three certain things that translate and transfer to the simulator, that if you train on the sim helps them improve on the racetrack, then why not do it? Certain things like performing under pressure. Now I do big pressure camps at iZone where we get 12 drivers all together and they compete against each other in the gym and on the sims. And they rotate and you get a winner at the end of the day and all this. But it, and they could be racing against someone they're really racing against in real life. So there is pressure there. Everybody's watching. And I do this, and we do this, basically to help them know more about themselves. Like when I'm overdriving, I'm thinking this. When I'm absolutely on form and in the zone and in the flow state, I'm thinking this. I'm breathing like this. So they get their own, they start to learn about themselves better instead of doing it all on the racetrack. Because when you're at the racetrack, the season, right, eight weekends, say you're there for eight weekends, how can you become a master at your mind and a master at your craft at eight weekends? Because that environment is only really present then, right? So we need to train you about performing on demand, accessing your skills when you've got someone buzzing in your mirror on the last lap and you're in the lead and you stay calm. These are the kind of things you can develop and train that part of the brain and how to use that part of the brain, brain parts of the brain, when you're on the simulator. This is perfect. So if you can now drills when you're on the sim that are applicable to real life, then why not use it? It is the competitive edge as well. When you're over winter time and you've got nothing to do and you're missing that and you know you've got six months till you're competing again, you get onto iRacing and you do a championship there. It keeps that muscle going and it's really important to use it as to learn a track as I say. That's another thing. So there's plenty of things that are important on a sim that transfer to real life and will improve you because the more mileage you get, even though it's on a computer game, if you want to call it that, the software, the more mileage you get, the better. I use iRacing the most, I'm not saying I'm any good. In fact, I just, I'll show you the rig later on another video, but I just went on there now. Um, and this is a shot, and as you can tell, right, if, if you're watching the video, this is the qualifying. And on iRacing, it's good, because as you can see at the top of the screen there, in front of your face, it towers you your delta, if you're going better or worse, which is really handy. So that's in qualifying. Then, you've, in this particular race, it was a rolling start, so everything seems realistic. Everybody's warming their tires up. I don't know if that works or not. I tried to not do it this time. And then in the race, you're basically out there, or out there, you're in your room. You're in there, and you're, you're racing, you're competing. You're doing the same sort of moves you would do in real life. So again, this is perfect and purposeful practice. And also, believe it or not, if you do head-to-head, Side by side simulator, you can practice racecraft with somebody. Why not? You go into a race weekend, you practice where to overtake, you practice where to defend, you practice which corners are most important for a lap time. All this is applicable. All this can be trained way before the weekend is even here. So why not do it? It makes your free practice one a lot better. Instead of you learning all of this stuff in free practice one and catching up, then doing it in free practice two and then still learning in, in qualifying, how about you do a lot of it on simulation before you go, the most important parts, the ones that transfer. Don't wanna mess your driving style up or anything if it's not a very good sim. But then you get everything out of the way so when you hit the ground, you hit the ground basically uh, in FP1 and it makes your weekend a lot better. So that's really the importance of a race driver using the simulator. The second thing I want to cover when it comes to simulators is you must be fast. And when I say that, I mean, not just do one lap and then crash. You must be consistently quick. Because since around 2012, I've had two drivers that have been employed by F1 teams just to be a sim driver. Actually, three drivers. Just to be a sim driver. That's important. Because now it's showing that you can earn a living just by doing the simulation just by being good at driving on a simulator. Because it's valuable to a team. If they can get a robot, an alien, such as yourself, if you're good at if you get to that sort of level, where you can turn in good laps over and over and over again constantly. So you do 20 or 30 laps that are very close to each other lap time wise, like within three or four tenths of a second, from your best to your worst, that's valuable because you don't want a sort of driver doing the simulation run where they do a quick lap and then they spin. They do three laps and then they crash because that's just going to waste so much time for the engineer who's running you. They need to test things and they need someone who can just do it over and over and over again and give them a little bit of feedback, you know, because I know it hasn't got any feeling in the sim, but still you can give a tiny bit of setup feedback. Plus they can see the setup feedback if you're a consistent driver in the data, how much you're waiting before you get on the throttle, how much the car's rotating. All these things can be seen. So I really want to hit that home. It's be quick and be consistently quick and work on this and get better and better because you will open doors in the industry. If you're a race driver struggling but then you get really good on the sim and you get through the door that way and a team hires you, a bit like Nick Yellerly, all of a sudden he gets offered the chance to do an F1 test drive because he says, you know guys, I'm the sim driver and it's really important for me to see if the real car is actually like the sim. So I can translate it perfect he's got himself into an F1 car. Don't blame him. Brilliant move, Nick. And this kind of thing happens. Anything you can do to get in within a race team is a lot better than sitting at home saying I can't afford to race. Plus, on the other side, which I haven't talked about much, is eSports. They're now paying fairly big prizes, even on iRacing. I think there's a hundred grand one, isn't there? A pot or something. It's starting now. You're starting to get a little bit of sponsorships. I was speaking to a Red Bull simulator driver, Graham, from Scotland recently, and he's been flown around the world to compete. It's starting. I don't want you to miss out on this because if you are trying to race or if you are trying to get to the championship you really want to in real life, then don't ignore the importance of being quick and being one of the world's best at simulator driving. Because can you imagine where it's going to be in 10 years or 20 years? when VR gets very good and we start to go home and live a second life. Because VR is so good, and you've probably tried VR already in some of the games. Oh my God, they're amazing. You're in there. I've got one on the PlayStation, PlayStation 4, Resident Evil. It's amazing. You absolutely brick yourself when you're in that game. In fact, when I completed it, I went all the way through, completed it, and I just never want to see it again because it was like really being locked up in a house. And I was distraught from it. And I was thinking to myself, once this gets really good, VR, you know, it's smaller, it's more comfortable, it might even be a contact lens, who knows? It's smaller, comfortable, and it's really immersive. Can you imagine what racing will be like then? I mean, people are using VR headsets now. It's brilliant. I've used it a few times, but I prefer 2D at the minute. It's not quite there. Um, But once it gets to that stage, and people are absolutely involved in a, in a a virtual reality world, racing is going to then take even more of a precedent. You're going to see advertising on the circuit that companies are paying for. As you're racing, they're paying for to be advertised. You're going to have more value if you are a good esports driver, if you're very good at simulator driving. If you're one of the best in the world, you'll be one of the best in this virtual reality world. It's going ahead, the game a bit. But to be honest, if you get good now, you'll be ready for when this kicks in. It's coming as well. But if you ignore it, and all the people that have already been on simulators for the last five, six years and getting better and better, they're gonna be there already because they're early to the market. So there's two reasons, right? Two reasons why you must be fast on the sim and why you must use sims. Firstly, driver preparation. Make sure you work the parts of the brain, the parts of the brain that allow you to perform on demand, that allow you to learn more so you get to the track and you just know what to do and you execute. And the second one is be quick because you can get a job You can get into the industry a different way, especially if you're struggling for money. It's amazing. Or you can add, if you have got the money and you want to add more value to get into the F1 team and you're good on the sim, they'll test you on the sim first before you touch the F1 car anyway. And if you're good in the sim and you get on with the engineer, there could be a job there for you. And then on top of that, esports. If we're talking about careers of the future and we're going into this technological world that we're already in, but we're getting deeper and deeper into it, why not be one of the champions in that world?